Hi, and welcome to Ohio Martial Arts Mind Power. This talk was taken from one of my Saturday at noon drive-in meditation classes. Here's the question. Does what doesn't kill you make you stronger? Or does sometimes, does it make you weaker? Find out today in today's episodes of Ohio Martial Arts Mind Power. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. I want to welcome everybody aboard uh, this beautiful afternoon, and we'll get started here in about 30 seconds. Thanks for being here. A couple things. I haven't set a date yet, but I'd like to do a picnic um, with the dojo, maybe in one of the parks nearby, um, but uh, hopefully in the next week or two. I just think that would be a fun thing. One of my mentors said something yesterday. I spent a little bit of time. A lot of you guys know I've been working on an app for the dojo, which will allow us to sort of let the dojo's four walls sort of spill everywhere so that we can sort of still connect with each other. And his name's Chris. And what Chris said, which I absolutely loved, is he said he's a big, strong proponent of physical distancing. It's, it's a real valuable thing, but he really d disagrees with the idea of social distancing uh, because you can stay physically apart and yet socially be together and I think there's many ways of doing that and I think a lot of people are doing a real, real good job with that so those are some of the things that's coming up you'll see that app uh, very soon we just spent several hours with them yesterday uh, working on our getting our app whitelisted in the uh, for, for uh, Apple because it takes a little longer because of their security concerns which is kind of great but there's a whole lot of back-end stuff we're still working out bugs that we're working out on it but it's going to be really nice when it's it's finally comes together um other than that you know again we launched our classes on thursday i thought that went really great uh people training hard and feeling good and being able to share the time with each other so uh, again i just want to thank you for being here this afternoon it's a lovely day we're gonna have some great workouts as the day progresses so with that said <clears throat> let's go ahead and get started uh with the talk and Today's talk is just kind of loose, kind of like it's been uh, recently, where I just listed several questions. These are just questions that popped into my mind or that students came to me with in the previous week. And then what I've been doing is I've been taking those questions and you know, just write them down, and then I just kind of write the answer or sort of free flow the answer. And sometimes I look at the page and I don't even know where the talk is going to end up, but it always ends up someplace that I like. I, I, um, I remember the uh, great author Stephen King was asked one time, you know, how his book was going to end. He says, I I'll know when I get there. And I think a lot of things in life are just like that, and things usually work out. So, so the first question that I have written down that I was going to mention today is, the question is, is where do results come from? Where do you get results? And um, you know, like, you know, we all have goals, we all have desires, there's things we want, there's improvement in martial arts that we want to develop, and where do we get the results or how do we get results? And I'll be addressing that in a little bit more detail with some of the other questions that are on this page. But it literally is this simple. There is only one point of power. There's a great book, many of you have probably read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He's got some really good stuff. But the point about the power of now is, is now is all that you have. There is nothing other than right now. And right now, you can fork in the direction of a result that you want, or you can fork in a direction that takes you away from a result that you want. And how do you know what direction you forked in? 
Because when you choose a thought, it either feels good or it feels bad. And if you choose a thought that feels bad, that's your indication that you forked in the wrong direction. It's literally that simple. So one of my teachers says the point of power is always in the present. And it's absolutely true. Results come from moment to moment to moment asking yourself which thought feels better, right? So I saw something, and I know you guys have all experienced this. We all have things that we, strong values and beliefs, and we take all these things way too seriously sometimes. And so you see something on social media, and then you have a thought, and that thought is resistant. You don't like it because it disagrees with maybe your values, your politics, or religion, or something like that. And then there's a thought that says, you know, that person is really, really rude and ignorant. Or that person has a different perspective. Which thought feels better? The person has a different perspective. That person's an idiot. Or I like living in a world where there's variety. When I go to a buffet, although there's not very many buffets open these days, but they'll be coming back. But when I go to a buffet, I don't have to eat everything that's at the buffet, but I sure like knowing it's there. I wouldn't want to have all the same meal every single day for the rest of my life, and then so on and so forth. So this is just an example, but the point, of, point is, is the point of power is always in the present, and the point of power is choosing to lean in the direction of your goals. So that was the first question. Second question is, what is the cause of joy, or what is the cause of happiness? And I'll answer this very briefly. We've talked about this uh, before. Every time you move towards one of your goals, even if it's just on the littlest, smallest bit, which in some cases the smallest bit might just be a thought, but every time you move towards one of your goals, you'll feel joy. You'll feel a sense of satisfaction. And every single time you're moving away from one of your goals, you're going to feel dissatisfaction. So um, Esther Hicks says it so well. She says, there is no such thing as a happy ending to a sad story. So what does that mean? When you're feeling anxiety, when you're feeling depression, when you're feeling bad and you're doing that on a consistent basis, all that it means is that you're heading towards a result that you're not going to like when it gets there. But when you're enjoying your story, when you're enjoying your moments from day to day, when you're working on the things in life that give you value and that, that are beneficial to you, it means that where you're headed is in the right direction. Now, she also tells a story which I think really kind of goes back to this idea of the point of power. Many years ago, she was driving with her husband and they're going down the road. And this is back in the days when they first started putting GPSs in. They had this great GPS in their vehicle that she was really fond of using. And at some point, they realized that the GPS was taking them in the wrong direction. And she said, wait, let's just stop the vehicle. Let's go all the way back to the beginning and figure out where the Garmin screwed up. And her husband, in his wisdom, said, or we could just reset the Garmin from right here and keep going down our path. And I guess that's the whole point. The point is, is that from wherever you're at, it makes no difference whether you're in a good space or a bad space, wherever you're, you're at, you've got to start pointing your direction towards those things that you want and start working methodically towards those things that you want to get results. So the next question I have, and I really like this a lot, and I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail with this, is um, the phrase, the 
because you'll hear this phrase all the time, and I, I want to tweak it just a little bit and give some people uh, some insight into it. The phrase is, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Now, all of us have heard that saying, and what I want to do is I want to change that just a little bit, and I want to put it this way. It's not what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. It's what doesn't kill you will make you either stronger or weaker. Now I'm going to go into some detail to explain. Hopefully this will hit home with a, a, a few people. There's a, a wonderful therapist. You can find some of her stuff online. If you're looking for it, you want to reach out to me. I'll send you one of her videos. But her name is Emma McAdam. Mc, uh, and she's done a lot of work with patients specifically on fear and anxiety. And what she does is she goes through a very simple mental model so that people will understand where fear and where anxiety come from and why they build and build and build and can become dangerous to the point where they can literally disable people. So here's the formula. Formula number one is there's a perception of danger. There's a perception of danger. Now that word perception is really important because sometimes the danger is real. And sometimes it can just be something that's imagined or something that's that's been a suggestion that's been put in our mind or we saw a movie or we got influenced by something that was on TV. And as a consequence of that, there is a perception of danger. So at that point, remember we talked about at the very beginning, the point of power is in the present. So now I have a perception of danger and then I have one of two choices. I can fork away from the danger by hiding from the danger, by suppressing the danger, by fleeing the danger, by putting a blanket over my head, by putting my head down, by cowering. And it's just an instinctive thing that we do. And of course, if we were in some situations, that might be the appropriate thing to do. But the thing is, is the way the brain works is it's constantly rewiring itself. And literally what happens is when there's a fear or there's a little feeling of anxiety based on something that may be dangerous to us and we withdraw ourselves, the brain sends a chemical action into the body and rewires itself that says, that was dangerous and you withdrew and now you lived. You're alive. So we go back to that original phrase, what does the phrase, what, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger or weaker. So because there was a perception of danger and you backed away from the danger, now all of a sudden you've become more fearful because your brain will reward you for staying away, staying away, staying away. And over time what happens is that anxiety increases and increases and it literally rewires your brain and you become a fearful person. And sometimes people need really serious therapy to be able to, to get out of that situation. But if you take that exact same example and you reverse the example and you say, there's something that is a little bit uncomfortable to me and I'm not gonna put myself in physical danger, aware of those kinds of things, but I'm going to allow myself to be exposed to this discomfort just a little bit. I don't have to go crazy, but just a little bit of exposure. I'm going to expose myself to this discomfort for only a minute or two, and then that's okay. I'll let it go. 
Well, remember, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger or weaker. But here's what happens in the brain. I went ahead and I faced my fear, only for a little bit, because maybe I couldn't tolerate much more than that. But I faced my fear for just a little bit. And you know what my brain says? My brain releases chemicals and begins to rewire itself. And it says to my body, look, you exposed yourself to that thing that seemed dangerous and you lived. Great job. And so what was once two minutes of exposure could go up to four minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes. And this is how people's lives continue to get better and better and better and better and they become less and less fearful. And this is also how people's lives diminish and they become smaller and smaller and smaller and they waste away and decay. So it kind of leads to my next question, which kind of leads this whole thing to this one point. When I'm giving you this model, doesn't this model sound an awful lot like good martial art practice? You're taking a person who is looking at a circumstance that might be considered very uncomfortable. I mean, they're thinking about maybe a physical confrontation with someone and putting them in an environment that can be controlled and safely giving them exposures to this experience over and over and over and over and over again so that they become a stronger person. And ultimately, that's what martial arts does for people, and that's why it's so powerful. And this is the reason you get so many stories of people that because they did martial arts, it gave them the, the, the courage to learn a foreign language or the courage to find that right relationship or to open that business or to be successful in many other areas. What martial arts does is it's, it's really about relieving fear and expanding people. And it's an amazing thing. Now, there's an old saying in sales that I absolutely love, and I think everybody would do well to remember this, uh, because really, what salespeople are—good ones, not the ones that are the you know the 1950s aluminum side selling selling people. I mean, people that are the professionals that really help other people solve problems and and do very very well. What a good salesperson is is a salesperson is a person that uses relationships to progressively guide a client away from fear and into their own expansion so that they can create win-wins for everybody. And one of my favorite sayings in sales, and I think everybody would do really, really well to remember this, is great salespeople are not closers. Closers are the ones that try and close the deal and try and push the deal and try and push, 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 make something happen. Great salespeople are not closers. Great salespeople are exposers. And what that means is it's they have a way of repeating an idea and making a person gradually expose themselves to that idea so the fear factor goes away and then that person can make an adult and intelligent decision for themselves. And that's literally what you do every time you practice martial arts. You see, every time you practice martial arts, you're exposing yourself to an idea of being a stronger person, exposing yourself to the discomfort of maybe having to deal with somebody that might harm your body or harm your family in some way, exposing yourself to a heart rate that doesn't feel particularly comfortable, but you're gonna hold that heart rate long enough so that your brain rewires and your heart rewires and you gain health. 
And so the point is, is martial arts, when it's done well, leads us on this road to getting stronger and better and better and better. Now, in many of our talks, you heard me say things like, I really disagree with the concept of, of, of no pain, no gain. And that sounds like a contradiction. What I just said, this whole talk is really talking about, no, you do need pain in order to get gain. But the reason that I, I take exception to these statements like no pain and no gain and the tough get going and this and that and the other thing is what they're really doing is they're talking about too big of a jump for most people. My experience over 30 years of teaching martial arts full time professionally is this. When there's too much pain, that's called a person quitting. And when a person quits, what have they done? They've gone right back into that anxiety cycle again. They've withdrawn their psyche away from this thing that made them feel uncomfortable. And the next time, they're much more likely to quit. So as teachers, as high-ranking students, as students ourselves, our job is to allow people to progress, not with pain, but maybe we could change it. It's not no pain, no gain. No discomfort, no gain enough discomfort that a person can take it and feel pride that they were able to experience that discomfort and then relieve it and then expose them to it again, expose them to it again, expose them to it again. And that's literally what we're doing for ourselves. See, the thing is, being great at martial arts is not hard, but it does take consistency and it takes time and over consistency and time and consistency and time you'd be doing the most amazing things but the you know some of the people i see coach widmer is listening to this talk right now people like him mr the mr pagels the world the mr steves of the world some of the high-ranking people of course see through we we can write books on what he's accomplished but see to them it's not pain it's just that they've gotten to this point in their practice where their practice is joy. You know what causes those people pain? Putting them in a situation where they can't practice. That's what causes them pain. But if you try and be a Coach Widmer tomorrow, you're probably gonna struggle. Instead, a little exposure day after day, a little discomfort, a little discomfort, and soon that discomfort really becomes your joy. So I'm gonna close this talk um, with one final thought and it's just a simple analogy so you know I had a, a, a surgical situation and I had a complication that kind of came from that and uh, to be honest with you it's a fairly common thing it, it's it's uh, um, but without medication it would be life-threatening it would kill me and what they did was they gave me these pills right and the pills are like the size of I don't know two BBs or something they're little tiny pills and I have to take one every morning and every night and I have to do that probably for about six months right it's no big deal it's not a hassle but one little pill twice a day will keep me from dying yeah because it's, it's not a lot see martial arts is just like those little pills you don't have to do a lot but you do have to do a little, and the result you get for following the practice can be huge. So I'm very grateful for those little pills. I'm really grateful for all the cool things I'm gonna be able to do, not only because of those pills, but because of my other surgery. And I'm very, very grateful that you guys took the time to be here today.
Thank you for listening to Ohio Martial Arts Mind Power. Hey, things are happening very quickly at the dojo. We're opening up a lot of stuff. Everything's getting back to normal quite quickly. We still have our meditation class drive-in on Saturdays at noon, and there's a lot of other great things happening. We're getting ready to plan a picnic for the dojo very, very soon in one of the parks. A lot of other information is also available, so please check out our special website, ohiomartialarts.com slash spring dash break to see all the happenings. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for your support and have a great rest of your day.